Hey everyone, it's Aaliyah Henry, and you're listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Expect to hear insightful interviews and panel discussions covering community, entrepreneurship, health, and women's empowerment. Don't miss out. Keep listening. The Aaliyah Henry Show is up next. as I sit down with UK-based legal professional Stephanie Lardy, co-founder of Docio Tuition, to discuss how, through her personal experiences, she was led to partner in launching this global educational and mentoring center to assist 14 to 18-year-old students in their personal and academic development. Committed to equipping the leaders of tomorrow with the skills they need as students today, She enjoys mentoring young people and helping students identify in pursuing what they want to do best in their future careers. Let's chat with Stephanie and learn more about her journey. It's up next on The Aaliyah Henry Show. Well, hello, Stephanie. It is so, I'm excited that you're in our, um, in my space. Um, It's so interesting because we're you know, I'm so used to being in the studio and, and doing our podcasts. And so we're excited that we're um, on another new journey in our new normal and doing our podcasts um, just strictly audio. And so I'm really excited, um, excited that you are here. Uh, we had an opportunity to meet online uh, during the masterclass for <laughs> Paul C. Brunson the one and only, right? Um, The host of Better With Paul. And, you know, I I really appreciate you just accepting the connection, right? Um, I think that's what it was all about for me is really just connecting with other individuals that were um, either in the podcast space or just in that professional development space. And so I appreciate um, you for making the connection. And then of course, now we're here and I am so excited to introduce and talk a little bit about what you're doing. Um, so my guest today is Stephanie Lardy. She is the co-founder of Docio, which is located in the UK. So yes, everybody, London. (laughs) And um, so let's just jump right in and talk, tell us, talk briefly about your organization. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute, let me back it up before we do that. Let's talk (laughs) about you because, you know, one of the Mm -hmm. things I think that um, inspired me to you is just your personality. So, and I want people to, I want people to see that too and, and, and know (laughs) where that comes from. So Mm -hmm. you were originally born in Ghana. Talk about your um, experience, your family traditions, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, so um, actually it was my older sister who was born in Ghana, and then um, they came over here. So I was born in the UK. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My... I didn't realize. <laughs> I know we've <laughs> had this discussion. 
It's fine. Do you know what? Everyone actually thinks I was born in Ghana because I think with my friends, anytime they message me, I'm probably always in Ghana because I go there for a lot of holidays. So people always used to just think I was born there. And I was like, no, I was born in central London. I'm a London girl, born and raised. I'm just always in my home country. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, I, I was born in London, um, but I always go back to Ghana on holidays. So I absolutely love being in Ghana. I love the weather. I love the culture. I love the tradition. I love my family. Um, and I think for me and for my, my parents as well, a big thing about taking us back to Ghana so frequently um, was just making sure that we could stay in, in touch with our, our culture and our traditions. Um, I think there are a lot of people from the diaspora who live in all parts of the world who never get to go back um, for so many different reasons, maybe because their parents can't afford it or, you know, they just they don't feel like they know anybody um, back home. So they, they don't feel that connection. Um, but I feel really kind of grateful, I guess, that my parents were really, really big on um, keeping that connection for us. Um, and I'm so super, super close to like all my cousins, all my aunties, all my uncles and everyone. Um, and going back to Ghana is probably what has fueled me, I guess, to even start things like Dosio Tuition in London today. Um, because it was just the idea of having that community which raises kind of children to kind of go forward and be the best they can be. That's the element of community that we wanted to keep with Dosio Tuition. Um, and funnily enough, the motto that we have in Dosio Tuition, the African proverb that inspires us, is an Akan proverb from Ghana. Um, and it basically just says that the firewood that we gather from our youth is what we use to warm ourselves within our old age. And for us, what that basically just means is that, you know, all the skills and all the tools that we equip our students with now is what they're going to use to be successful when they grow up and then give back to the community in kind of a circular motion. Yes. So it's really nice to kind of just bring that element of tradition and culture with us into what we do with Dosio Tuition as well. So one of the things I know that you shared with me is that you started tutoring at the age of 14. Share mm -hmm. that experience with us. <laughs> yes, yes. So many people get shocked when I tell them that I was so young when I started. Um, funnily enough, that was my first, I guess, paid role. But I suppose informally, I was probably tutoring long before then because I have a younger brother. And, you know, my mom was always just kind of like, make sure he gets his homework done. So that, I suppose, was probably my first tutoring role. Um, but at 14, I basically just went to my mom and I decided that I wanted, I think, a new pair of trainers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And my mom was kind of just like, well, this is not a, a need for you. You have enough shoes. So <laughs> if you want these trainers, then you're going to have to get a job so that you can pay for them. And I said, OK, sure. Um, and I kind of just looked around at what I could do, which isn't much at 14 because they don't let you do that many jobs in the UK. Um, but you could either do a paper round, um, which I didn't feel like I wanted to do because you have to wake up at like 5 a.m. and I'm not a morning person. Um, <laughs> or you can become a tutor because you can pretty much be any age to be a tutor. So I said, OK, I can kind of do tutoring. I already kind of do that with my younger brother. Um, it can't be that hard. I've been through the process myself. I've been to school. I kind of know how it works. Um, so I went to a center near my house and I, I went to the, the boss and I said, excuse me, I, I'm looking for a job. Um, I want to help teach maths and English. What do I do? I didn't even have like a resume or a CV or anything. I just literally went and told her that I wanted a job. Um, but she liked me and she was like, okay, put, put a CV together um, and I'll see what we can do. Um, so I made my first CV <laughs> at 14 wow. um, with all sorts of random things on it. Like, you know, I've had the head teachers award and I've done this at school and that at school. Um, and then I, I got my first job. 
And it only paid me four pounds something an hour, which at the time was absolutely nothing. But I felt like I was rich. So <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and I did that for about two years. So until I finished um, secondary school, I did that job for two years. Yeah, that is so exciting. And it's amazing how when we have those experiences as young people, how it just shapes everything that we do in the future. And so it's mm -hmm. very exciting that, um, you know, you have that, that experience that is yeah. really going to carry you throughout the rest of your life. And then same thing, your children's lives as well. And mm -hmm. so that's so cool. I love the fact that your the mission of um, Docio tuition mm -hmm. really is wrapped in your passion. And it's interesting yes. because we always say, you know, do what you love because it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like you're doing any work. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little. So tell me this. I know you talked a little bit about your moms, your aunties, a little bit. Who's your biggest cheerleader? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Do you know, it's, it's a hard one because I feel like if I say my mom, then my aunties will be upset that I didn't say them. You know? <laughs> No, no, no. In, in all honesty, in all honesty, if I was to pick one person, it might actually have to be my grandma. Okay. Um, I might have to give the props to her. Just, just because my grandma, she's one of those very kind of traditional grandmas in the sense that, you know, whenever you have exams or whenever you're starting a new phase in your life or whatever, she's always ready to pray for you. And like those really spiritual, you know, kind of powerful prayers where you know she's really having a one-on-one -on -one with God. So I, I have to give her props for that because anything that is going on in my life, like when I've been to a new school, when I started university, um, when I started a new job, grandma was always there ready, there, without fail. There was nothing that could stop her from cheering me on and for supporting me. Um, and I think I, I have to also give her credit because I know it was her tenacity and her kind of purpose and passion, which she has passed on to my mom and to my aunties and to everyone else who were are so instrumental in my life as well. So yeah, I have to give that one to my grandma. She's definitely the, the shining light for me. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so now that we've, you know, we tell us a little, tell us about DCO tuition. Mm -hmm. Let's, mm -hmm. let's hear what you're doing. Tell us about the programs mm -hmm. and yeah. what is sparking you just to continue to do this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, like you, you mentioned before, I started tutoring at 14. So teaching and kind of giving back, I guess, to the community is something that has always been in my blood and been my passion. Um, and funny enough, my grandma, who I said is my, my kind of shining light, she's actually a teacher. So it's no surprise <laughs> that I picked up that kind of passion for teaching from her. Um, and my other co-founder, Zoe, as well, she was also been tutoring from very, very early on. So I think she started at 15. Um, and we both met when we were in university. Um, and what had happened was, I think, during university, we, we both did our own separate kind of tutoring. And then once we finished university, um, we randomly had a phone call one day. And I can't really remember why we had that phone call. But during the process of the phone call, we kind of just said, do you know what, we want to kind of set up a, a teaching kind of school together, but we don't want it to just be something which helps students pass exams. Um, we think school at the moment can be very focused on kind of just gearing children towards exams, um, which of course is good because at the end of the day, they do have to sit those exams. So obviously, you know, we want them to do well. But 
um, at the end of the day, once you finish education, whether it be university or high school or whatever, what's going to happen next? You kind of still need the foundations to be successful and to be the leader that you're born to be, basically. Um, so we kind of sat down and we said, okay, what can we do to be a little bit different? Um, how can we make sure that we're actually equipping our students with the right skills so that they can kind of go forth and be great in life, but still be great academically as well? And that's how we came up with Dosio Tuition. So um, Dosio in Latin actually means to teach. And for us, we wanted it to embody the fact that we're not just teaching the subjects or we're not just teaching for exams, but we're actually teaching the foundation skills for life. So we look at things like how to set smart goals. We look at things like financial literacy, digital personal branding, uh, productivity, well-being, entrepreneurship and communication. And we look at how those seven kind of core soft skills can be interweaved with your academics as well. Um, and how we can actually create a program for free for students where they can have access to those skills and where they can be able to network with professionals in those industries so that they can be in the rooms basically where they will actually be able to see opportunities that maybe they would never have access to. Um, it's a very, very kind of community centered or community focused business for us. So um, all the students we reach out to are students generally who are from our, our community. So either we met them through church or for youth groups or just through our online kind of wider communities. And then they've spread the word amongst their friends and other children that they know as well. So yes, it's a very kind of good community passion project for us. Um, and we are very, very dedicated to, I suppose, equipping students with the essential kind of core development skills that they need to be great in life. Oh, that's great. Share, you know, it's so interesting because you and I talked um, about COVID-19 mm -hmm. and how that has like impacted us here in the U.S. Yeah. Has it, have you had to pivot your um, program in any way? Mm -hmm. And talk about how that has changed the dynamic of the program or just made you mm -hmm. think out the box. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, funnily enough, the first, the very first personal development event that we organized was set to be April, I can't remember the exact date, but sometime at the beginning of April. And obviously lockdown was the end of March. So um, just, at, you know, just at the time where we kind of put everything in place to have our physical event, we were then told, nope, we're not allowed to go outside. Everyone has to kind of stay inside. So that was a very, very big pivot for us. Um, and we had to, we didn't, we didn't have a choice, but we had to switch our programs to webinars. Um, and funnily enough, that's not something we had ever considered. We'd never considered, you know, making this personal development program an online program. Um, now that we've done it with, with the benefit of hindsight, I kind of wish that that's what we'd started off with because it's been really? amazing. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's wow. been amazing. And I think for us, it's just because we've been able to reach so many students. I think before, when we were planning the physical um, event, we were catering to 30 students just because that's what we could manage. You know, it's just the two of us who were doing it. Um, but by opening it up online, we're able to have up to 100 students with each webinar, which is something we would never have been able to do, you know, had it been physical. Um, we've been able to have students from all over the world, literally. Like we've had students from the US, from New Zealand, from Australia, Indonesia, India, Ghana, Nigeria, the Philippines. We've had so many different students come to our programs. And obviously that's something that they just wouldn't have been able to do, you know, had it had been in our community hall in London. Um, so that, that's been a shocker, but that's also been really, really nice to see as well. 
Um, and I think it's also been nice to kind of connect like-minded students from across the world as well, because we have a, a student like community group um, where they kind of just get to chat and share opportunities and things like that. And some, you know, sometimes we might get like a, a ping from a student in Australia at like, you know, a, a random hour for us, but I guess it's, it's a normal time for them. And they're just like, oh, I just found this great, you know, work experience opportunity that you guys might like to do or something like that. And it's just nice to, to see that success that they all want to share with each other, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably the biggest way that we've had to pivot, but it's definitely been, been great for us. Um, I guess another way that we did have to pivot as well is obviously with our, our Saturday school. Um, so again, when the lockdown happened, um, the government also um, canceled exams for the, the students that we were teaching. Um, so for us, we kind of took the decision then to focus a bit more on the students' well-being as opposed to their academics for those six months. Um, and that was for two reasons. It was because, first of all, um, for the majority of our students, we knew that they were being given work from school. And obviously, because of what was going on with um, COVID-19, um, and also because the majority of our students are Black as well, so also the Black Lives Matter movement, we were just kind of like, you know, we don't actually see the benefit of adding on the extra stress of having to do more academic work as well. Um, let's instead kind of just take a bit of time out and just, just see how our kids are doing, just see how life is going for them, and let's just try and work with them on, on a more kind of peer-to-peer -peer level, um, just so that they can build up their their um, personal development a little bit more and their interpersonal skills. And I think that's really, really worked for them. The feedback that we've got from them has been great. So, yeah. How exciting. It's, it's interesting to see how we, how we thought, you know, mm -hmm. in March of 2020 and where we are today. What yeah. do you think, what's your vision? What's your plan for um, this upcoming next year? Mm -hmm as you're planning the organization um, and looking to con continue to assist students mm -hmm. within this online learning platform, will you continue that? Will you do something different? Yeah, so um, we're definitely pushing forward with our online learning, um, especially with the, the personal development side of things, just because it, it seems to be working. Yeah. Um, so we, there's no point, you know, if it's not broke, don't try and fix it kind of thing. Exactly. Um, what we do want to do, though, is that we want to reach even more students. So we've set ourselves a target of 10,000 students that we're trying to reach over That's the exciting. next year. Exciting. Exciting yeah. news. So fingers crossed, you know, we do reach that target. Um, we, we think we can, realistically. We, we have enough events planned to be able to facilitate it. So now it's just about making sure that we have the right technology. Now that we've had a bit of an experience of using Zoom and things like that, we're trying to you know, make sure that we always have the correct technology to support us going forward um, so that we can accommodate that number of students. Um, and then another kind of program that we are trialing from this September is our ambassador program. Um, so the way our ambassador program works is that we are, obviously we're very big on community, but we're also very big on mentorship and trying to give back that support to students in that way. Um, so we've opened up the ambassador program where students aged 14 to 18 can apply for the program. And what they get is um, specialized mentorship in a particular skill area. So, for example, if they pick communication, then maybe they'd get specialized mentorship in, you know, written communication, verbal communication, um, nonverbal communication, that sort of thing over the course of the academic year for them, um, as well as having access to an industry professional to be able to have them mentor them as well. Um, and then if they have any kind of questions or queries as to particular job roles, so maybe if they're interested in journalism or anything kind of communication based, 
then they would have access to someone who would also be able to give them insights into that industry as well. So that's something that we've just kind of started trialing. We've just opened up the positions for that. Um, and that's been great so far. I think we've had about 11 or 12 out of 18 students sign up. So that's been really, really good. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, for now, we're really, really happy with where we're going. And we just hope to only continue to grow and be bigger and better. And, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I did not share, you know, you actually have a career as well as um, running and, and co-founding this amazing nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I want you to share, you know, what best practices or tips would you give to someone who is looking to, you know, have their organization, start their organization, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you've done so well, um, really from birthing this project Mm -hmm. to see it to where it is today. And I know that there's so many people listening and some people are probably standing on a cliff and they're like, gosh, I really Mm -hmm. want to do it, but I can't, Mm -hmm. or I I don't know. Share some best practices or some tips that you would give to someone who was interested in the nonprofit space, starting Mm -hmm. a project. Yeah, um, I think my first tip would probably be to make sure you really, really understand and you're really clear on your purpose and your why. Um, and I say that just because Dosio Tuition, you know, like like you mentioned, I do have a career on the side and so does Zoe. She also works full time. Um, it, it's not something that only takes up an hour of my day. It does take up a lot of time. But because I'm so passionate and so committed to ensuring that I do actually give back to students and ensuring that the students that I give back to are actually well equipped to become successful in their futures, I'm happy to give up that time. So I think it's so important to to make sure you understand what your purpose is and you are very clear and aligned with what your goal and your mission is. Um, that way it won't necessarily feel like, you know, like a chore or like you you don't want to be there. You'll actually be more than happy to do the work. I have no problem with, you know, sleeping a bit later because I have to schedule some emails to send out to to partners or something like that. Or I have no problem with um, answering messages from the students who maybe they found a a program that they want to apply for, but they want someone to read over their application. I don't mind taking that time to do that because I feel like I know what my passion is. So I think if you can be very, very clear on what your passion is and make sure that you're aligned to that, it'll be very, very easy to come off that cliff because you won't feel like you're you're being forced to or you won't feel like it's a chore or anything like that. I guess the second tip I would probably say is plan. And I'm super, super big on planning and time management and organizing your time. Um, And when I say plan, I think look towards what you think your end goal is and then plan backwards. So let's say, for example, you know, in six months time, you know that you want to have um, released your first episode of your podcast and you want to have, you know, enough episodes ready that you can release one a week or something like that. Plan backwards from that okay, in five months' time, what do you need to have ready so that you'll be ready for that launch in six months' time? In four months' time, what do you need then? And work backwards that way so that when you get to today, you know what you need to do today to get you ready for tomorrow, if that makes sense. And I always plan backwards that way. So it never really feels like I'm doing too much dosier work or I'm not having enough time to kind of work on my career as well because I've, I've planned well in advance. You know, I've already told myself, okay, I know I need to do X, Y, Z to make sure that we reach 10,000 students. I already know what I need to do today to help me reach that goal. So I'm not going to spend more time than I need to, if that makes sense, because I've already planned around it. 
Um, and I think my third tip would probably just be to, to just do it. I think it's... Jump <laughs> <laughs> off that ledge. <laughs> yeah, it's just Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy for people to kind of just sit there and dilly-dally and say, oh, I don't know, and I need to read more. And I... Honestly, if you don't do it, someone else will. And you're probably the best person to do it. So just jump off and do it. It's fine. You can learn along the way. No one knows everything, and that's okay. You can either ask people to help. You can reach out. You can use Google. Whatever it is you need to do, you will be fine. But just do it. I so agree with you on that, Stephanie. I am, I'm the biggest, I'm probably the biggest risk taker in my family. <laughs> There's not anyone in my family that will take any of the risks that I have taken. Mm -hmm. And um, so certainly I, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. I would be that girl just jumping. Honestly, just <laughs> try it out because what's the worst but that can happen? Ex exactly, exactly. And I think the other um, thing that I always think about is we put so much emphasis on mm -hmm. what other people are going to think if we do. Yeah. But my, all, I always think about but what would happen if I just didn't try? So that's always been my big thing. Like, yeah. I don't even know if it won't work unless you try it, you know? And exactly. so I know exactly. that's kind of where I'm always um, just laying my foundation. Like, well, mm -hmm. you know, it might not work and that's okay too. And yeah. I'm okay with that. So I think yeah. for me, in my heart, like, I know that, but at least I can walk away by saying, you know, I tried it. It was really good. It didn't work. Trying something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I think what, what you said there is actually a really, really good point. I think we need to become more comfortable with things not necessarily working out and that that's okay. I think the only thing worse than something not working out is you not knowing whether it would have worked out or not. Yeah. So at least just have a go. And then if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You try something else. That's good. That's good. That's good. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy on personal balance, because, <laughs> you know, you are obviously a young woman, you're professional, you've got this nonprofit. Where do you, how do you balance it? What's your philosophy on that? <laughs> I know um, you're a planner. <laughs> I am a planner. I am. What is my philosophy? I think boundaries. So I think it can be different for everyone. But me, for example, anybody who knows me knows that I don't compromise with my sleep. So whatever it is that's happening, you know, whether it be a birthday party or I have a deadline to meet or there's something for dojo to be done. Everyone knows that I'm only doing it if it fits within my working schedule. Otherwise, it's just not happening. And I think for everyone else, that's probably the most important thing. Set your personal boundary that you know that you need so that you can set that balance, if that makes sense. I know that I don't function properly if I don't get enough sleep. So you don't even really want me around if I'm tired. So if anything, it's better for everyone if you let me sleep and then I can come back, you know, fully recharged and then I can get everything that needs to be done, done. So I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, maybe for some people, it might be that you need to... Um, have wine and chocolate that's fine make sure you get in your wine and chocolate time yeah. it might be that you need to watch a particular show for like an hour a day not a problem get on netflix watch that show and then be recharged and come back whatever it is that you need to do kind of identify that recharging moment for yourself 
and make sure you stick to it. Make sure you have those boundaries. I think people are very respectful of boundaries if you tell them what your boundaries are. A lot of people just don't tell people what their boundaries are and then they don't understand when they get burnt out. But it's because you haven't actually shared with anyone what you needed to kind of maintain that balance. So, yeah. That's good. That's really good. So how often do you like set a time for like self-care and just taking care of you? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I said before, because I'm a meticulous planner, I'm one of those people that I actually have to block out time in my diary for self-care. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I've, and you know, it's interesting that you say that. I've heard mm. other people say that. They literally mm. put it on their calendar. Yeah. 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 I have to, because if it's not there, then I'm, I, I like to help people. So if someone says, oh, can you do this for me? And I check my calendar and there's nothing, you know, in that time. then of course I'll say, yeah, I can. Sure. forgetting that I should have been taking me time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why I, I have to put it in my calendar so that I can be very conscious about not giving that time to anybody else. And I don't think that makes, you know, you selfish or anything like that. You're, if anything, you're actually being selfless because once you're in a better position to help people, then you can actually give more. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, I, I put it straight in my calendar straight away. Um, and as well as taking out at least an hour for myself every day, I also try and take out like a week every other month. Okay. So I'll just block out a full week and I won't have any meetings or anything like that. Um, and it, that would literally just be like social interactions or social relationships. It will be things like, you know, calling grandparents, um, going out with friends, um, hiking, being one with nature, meditating, all that sort of thing. And I like to do that for a week every other month just to kind of reconnect and recharge. That's awesome. That's awesome, Stephanie. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so if you had to leave our audience with sharing something about leading your best life, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm a mantra girl. I love <laughs> And I'm all, you know, everyone knows my mantra is live your best life. Yeah. You know, and what's your, what's your take on living your best life? What do you, what do you, what do you take that as? Yeah. Um, do you know what, if you had asked me this before, I might've had a different answer, but funnily enough today, I was having a conversation with my friend and he, he said something to me, which made me really, really think he said, well, if it makes you happy and it's not illegal, then why does it matter what anyone else thinks? And I think for me, that sums up what living your best life actually means. You doing the things that you know actually makes you happy. And you know you're actually having a a positive impact because you're happy. And then you're also imparting that happiness and that joy on the people that you're, you know, you're giving to or you're helping or whatever it is you're doing. Um, So I think, yeah, that's what living your best life means to me. Just do what makes you happy. So long as you're not hurting anyone and, you know, obviously all the normal constraints around it, if you're happy, forget what everyone else thinks. It's fine. That's awesome. Stephanie, this has just been just an inspirational time. I mean, I I don't know, whenever I talk to you, I always just feel like (laughs) uplifted anyway. (laughs) So this is good. You know, this is good. Um, Thank you for sharing your journey. Um, about DC, DCO, um, mm-hmm. DCO tuition. Um, mm-hmm. 
I definitely want people, I look forward to continuing to follow the work that you are doing in the, in the mm -hmm. community in London. And now really we can say globally, yeah. um, you know, to get you to serving those 10,000 students mm -hmm. across the board and certainly the, the, the new platform that you've built yeah. will definitely um, get you there. And, you know, so is there, can you tell us or just um, give us a, um, URL or mm -hmm. to where our audience can reach out to you. How can we of course, you? of course. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, then LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, so just my name, Stephanie Latte, um, which should be somewhere like in the, the comments or something, and then you'll be able to find that. Um, if you want to find out more about Dosio Tuition, then just go on to www.dosiotuition.com and everything we do will be there as well. So you'll be able to see all of the free personal development events and whichever country you're in, so long as you've got, you know, internet access, you'll be able to come. There's nothing stopping you from coming to that. Um, and you'll be able to see some of the other kind of programs that we do as well. So like the mentoring program and any other kind of careers events that we put on for our students too. Well, that's awesome. It has just been such a pleasure. You'll have to come back so that we can Definitely. talk a little bit more. I want to find out what's happening in a couple of months, what's mm -hmm. going on, how we can assist you. Yeah. And just really keep um, you uplifted as mm -hmm. you continue to change lives through, throughout our global, uh, our global world. So this is pretty mm -hmm. exciting. So <laughs> everyone, again, um, if you are listening, you're listening to the Aaliyah Henry Show. And my guest today was Stephanie Larty, co-founder of Docio Tuition in the UK. And of course, thank you everyone for listening. And we'll definitely see you next time. Um, I appreciate everyone. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so that you can catch all of our uh, amazing episodes that we have this season. Thank you for listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Remember, be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. See you next time.